0: God's creations, each of us crafted for a purpose. We begin our journey as dreamers in a world filled with possibility. Nothing seems impossible. Along the way we begin to settle and dreams are replaced with details. Routine takes over. We find ourselves listening to the thoughts of limitations, our purpose and desire, lost in the blaring static of our lives. And still, In our deepest places, we feel a push towards something more, a sense that we were made for something greater, and we yearn most for a life of significance instead of survival. Let's discover what was lost, restore what was diminished, and live out our purpose. It's time to dream again. Uh, welcome to Hope Anthem Church. We're glad you're here, everybody over at the Franklin County Correctional Facility. God bless you guys. We love you. You're amazing, and we're glad you're joining us this morning. Everybody in the house, we exist to bring an anthem of hope to our community, and we do that by being a church anybody can come to. That anybody is welcome. Everybody is welcome, but it has to go beyond just being welcome. All right, uh, we we want you to to become part of our family, but Really more than that, we want to show you a clear picture of Jesus and, and prayerfully we hope the Holy Spirit begins to build something, to transform something in you to make all of us more like Jesus. That's really the call. That's really, that's really what God wants for you. We want more for you than we, want, than we want from you. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, all right? So thank you so much. For being here today. Come on everybody. Let's welcome everybody online. Everybody here in person. It's good to be together. Alright. Okay. We'll, we'll get better at that. Okay. A uh, couple of quick announcements. Uh, New People Party is actually April 25. That is next uh, uh, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Alright. I hope you'll join us. If you've not been to a New People Party, it's really important that you go to it. Um, If you've been attending six months, we've had a couple of new people parties since uh, in the last couple of months here, since uh, six months. All right, so if you've been attending the last three or six months, you've not been to a new people party, show up. Taco bar, hanging out. You don't have to stand up and give any information about yourself. Okay, that's not going to happen. We just want to get to know you a little bit. If you've been attending for the last three years and you've not been to a new people party, come on. Okay, it's important. It's really, really important. We hope that you will join us also starting point begins the sunday after that on may 2nd at 9 30 and this is how we at hope anthem help you to discover your purpose all right and this is the part where i always make a couple of people uncomfortable uh, oh, no, not yet, actually. Uh, sign up at the Welcome Center. Go to our social media page. You can get more information there. Go to our website, hopeanthem.com. You can get more information there. Email me, jyancey at hopeanthem.com. I'll get you more information. In fact, I can just go through the whole email list. Uh, Wellner at, no, I'm not going to do that. But anyway, just it, we want to help you discover your purpose, all right? We want to help you move forward in Jesus. So I hope that if you haven't done these, That you'll do that. Raise a hand real quick. If you've ever gone through starting point, raise a hand, raise a hand, raise a hand. It's gonna help you. I wanna encourage you. Do it. Do it or else. All right, we are, uh, uh, oh, this is the one that makes everybody uncomfortable. Hey, thanks for giving. We talk about those five T's here, all right your time, talent, touch, your treasure, and your testimony. Jesus has called all of us to give those five things. Those, those five things. And so thank you for honoring God. Thank you. This year, will, we, our fiscal year ends in June. And this year, once again, will be the, the most generous year of this church's history. Six years in a row, everybody. Six, six years in a row, just God's just growing and growing and moving our hearts. So thank you. Thank you, thank you for your generosity. Very exciting. Okay, dream again, dream again. You're like dream again if I give you some money up in here. <laughs> You're not giving me money, but that's not the sermon. Okay, dream again, everybody. Uh, I hope it was helpful last week. Uh, we talked about a a, a big word, theolo- a big theological word called justification, and, and and what justification is when Jesus died on the cross for your sin, and you choose to receive the free gift of grace, which is called salvation, you're justified. Justified means this. It's just as if I'd never sinned. Wow. And you and I both know you've done a lot of sinning. You know what I mean? You have. You have. You know it. Me too. And some some of it we've hated, and some of it we've loved. But how can a broken, sinful man Come before a holy God. I can do that, and you can too, because of justification through Jesus. So today, we're going to work on another challenging theological word. But i got to build the case for it, all right? So let's start this way. The world we live in is filled with people who demand that we please them in exchange for their approval and acceptance. A lot of your kids feel that way, don't they? <laughs> We're going to get real uncomfortable. Let's just get real uncomfortable, okay? Listen, you got friends that are just like this. By the way, they're not your friends. They're not your friends. If 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 the only way they accept you and approve of you is if you do stuff for them or if you're exactly how they say you need to be, that's not a friend. It's not. There is a, there's a pernicious lie in this thought process. And we lie to ourselves in big, big ways. So let me show you our banner verse, Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Know if this is something that I wrestle with. The, 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 this, this ever-present need to impress, to to find acceptance and approval in people that maybe I shouldn't be looking for acceptance and approval from. Some of us search for acceptance and approval in a group of people, in a political affiliation. So some, sometimes we look for this in, through some sort of an identity crisis. Sometimes we look for this in, the, in where we work. in our place in life. I'm telling you, it is a great day to say, "Lord, search my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24, point out anything in me that offends you. Anything in me that makes me less like you." That's what that means. Anything in me that, that's going to become a distraction. Anything in me that's going to make me think of my, myself poorly. That's going to make me think of others poorly. That, anything in me that's going to lead me to do things I ought not to do and say things I ought not to say. Point it out. Just point it out. Did your parents teach you not to point at people? Isn't that uncomfortable, Shelley? Like, that's uncomfortable for me just to do it, you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm going to point at you. That's not what, Jesus is not like, Jared. That's not what this idea means for him to point it out in me. It's a loving call. He he says, son, (laughs) let's talk about this, shall we? (laughs) To which I say, No! And then sometimes I say yes. You too? Yeah, I bet. All right, let, let, let's deal with this. I, I want to I deal with this. At, at a recent Christian con, uh, conference or convention, a survey was taken and found 92% of the Christians in attendance said rejection and loneliness are major problems in their lives. And this was about a decade ago. I wonder what it says today. That Christians are consistently wrestling with rejection and loneliness. The, the, the other two words that go with this is, it is a lack of acceptance and approval. That we wrestle with this. So this continues. It didn't continue, it didn't continue. So what is rejection? What is rejection? Rejection is a form of communication. Communication rejection communicates disrespect low value and a lack of appreciation disrespect low value and a lack of appreciation some of our marriages are defined in this in these terms you have friendships acquaintances neighbors people i mean so many of us have experienced rejection on social media it's ridiculous like we are more connected in in 2021 than ever in the history of the world, and we feel the loneliest. We feel the most rejection. And this is something we have got to deal with. Uh, We we say that we we exist to bring an anthem of hope to our communities, uh, uh, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our family. Okay, in order to bring hope, man, we've got to find freedom from this issue. We've got to. Today's the day. You're right. You're you are on your way today is the day and you are on your way everybody Uh, So deconstructing uh, of faith people over the centuries have been deconstructing Uh, You know, you you start with a faith and then you begin to break it down and sometimes it's built back up on a better Foundation, but the way faith is deconstructed today is we break it all the way down to ourselves And then we build our faith upon our own interpretation uh, our, our own thought process our own feelings, and we try and build a faith up from that. But you and I both know this. You can do bad by yourself, and you can lie to yourself. So if you're trying to build faith off of your own self, it's not going to work out. No, no, check this out. By the hundreds of thousands, people who have been hurt by a preacher, a church, or a Christian's rejection have left the church without understanding truth, without understanding truth. And what's that truth, pastor? Pastor? They've left without understanding the truth about Christ's accepting unconditional love, a love that never uses condemnation to correct behavior, that never shames you into giving of your time, talent, touch, treasure, and testimony. This is, that's not about condemning or shame, everybody, at all. Now, don't read what this isn't saying. Let me show you what it's not saying. Accepting an unconditional love from Jesus does not suggest that Jesus approves of sinful behavior or sinful lifestyles. That's not what his accepting and unconditional love means. It means that he accepts and approves of you. And that's different than your behavior and lifestyle. Your behavior and lifestyle might describe who you are, but it should not define you. It shouldn't. Jesus, help us today. Help us today, Lord. Okay. Am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? Now, this is Paul the Apostle, and he's writing to the church in the city of Galatia well pastor why is it called Galatians because people from Galatia are Galatians people from Ottawa are crazy uh Ottoans. Ottoans all right uh, so so that's the idea if you've never understood that in, in the New Testament there, there's all of these like 1st like and 2nd Corinthians Ephesians Colossians Philippians Uh, uh, Galatians, like over and over and over. These are letters written by Paul the Apostle to a specific people in a specific city. And we continue to use them to give us wise counsel from the word of God. Now watch. Even Paul wrestled with the acceptance and approval of people. Look, if I were still trying to please people, If I I were still trying to find my value, my worth, my identity in people, then I would not be a servant of Christ. What does that mean to be a servant of Christ? That means to be a fellow laborer. Someone who comes in the room and Jesus is working and you see Jesus and you're like, hey, can I help you? He's like, come on, let's work on this together. It's not that you come in the room and Jesus says, you're finally here. Now wash my feet. And then finish this job, servant. That's not what that means. That's not relationship with Jesus. It's not. He has something better. So here's a lie we believe. It doesn't feel like a lie, okay? And so you're going to, maybe some of y'all are going to feel attacked. It, It feels right, but it's wrong. I must be accepted and approved by almost everyone in my life to feel good about myself. So here's the thing, it's a lie that we've made true. Too many people, no one in here, and and of course no one who's joining us at the jail, but everybody that you know wrestles with this. it's, It's a lie that we have believed. So we become approval addicts. Well, pastor, what's an approval addict? I'm going to show you a bunch of examples. Try and find yourself. Try and find yourself. Maybe you're not on here. If you're not, gold star for you, man. All right? You don't have to tithe for the rest of the year. I thought that was funny in my brain. <laughs> Apparently it wasn't. You're like, thank God, I'm not on that list. All right. All right. All right. Uh, you avoid certain people. You're nervous and anxious. You're constantly thinking about what if this, what if that. You're uncomfortable around people who are different than you. Your uh, unfriendly people get under your skin, really bug you. Uh, you're basically shy and unsocial. You're critical of others. I mean, you can find anything to be critical of somebody for, right? Me too. You're being critical of me right now, probably. Uh, You have this deep need in you to impress people. You're depressed when you're criticized. Even though you can criticize others quickly, you get depressed if someone criticizes you. Um, You know what others are thinking. (laughs) Come on, everybody. Any, Any of you? Yeah. Like, like someone gives you a look and, and they might not even be looking at you But now you know what they're thinking Obviously they don't like the clothes I'm wearing today They obviously think that I'm, I'm ugly <laughs> They don't like me I can tell they, They're 200 yards away And they're just walking through Walmart And they look over this way Not even looking at you And you're like I saw that look I know what they're thinking What was I thinking? I don't know. We misunderstand the motivations of people. When people are rude, we totally misunderstand it. When people are kind, we totally misunderstand it. This is the approval addict. When I'm afraid of rejection or otherwise, I put my trust in you. The approval addict struggles to put their trust in God. It is a massive battle of the heart and of the mind. So the approval addict... Our fear of rejection is proportional to the degree that we base our worth on the opinions of others. Pastor, what does that even mean? If if my worth is based on 75% of the approval and acceptance of the people around me, then every time I'm disapproved of, 75% of my life comes crashing down around me. My day is ruined, my joy disappears. So, this is the experience of the approval addict. Uh, Pretty consistent anger, resentment, hostility. We're easily manipulated. Codependency, avoidance of people. I I struggled, and and every once in a while I still struggle with this codependency thing. Dependent upon other people to approve of me in order for me to feel good about myself. Totally dependent. Controlled, that's another one for me every once in a while. Uh, Depression, uh, repetitive negative, repeating negative messages. Like, you can have 20 incredible encounters with somebody and have one bad one, and what do you think about everybody? The bad one, right? We just just hold on to it. Our children, what do they think about? They can have 20 straight encounters with mom and dad being like, come on, buckaroo, you can do it. And then the one time that you're like, what are you doing? That's what they remember. My me and mom, and dad—they just yell at me all the time. What? Where'd that come from? Maybe in your house it's flip-flopped. You got twenty bad experiences and one good experience. Believe me, they're not remembering the good experience. They're not. Here's another one I really wrestle with: hypersensitive. I, I not anymore. Thank you, God. But, man, I mean, I'm, you, if you've been two or three times to our church, you know, I get dust in my eyes often. My allergies get bad. You know, things, like, stream out of my face every once in a while. But, I, I mean, I'm a little sensitive or, or, or sensitive towards things at times. Some of you are like that, too. But I was too, I remember I was in fourth grade, and I went to a Christian school, and I had to dress a specific way, all right? A white shirt, blue khakis, and black or brown shoes, and they, they had to be dress shoes. They couldn't be tennis shoes. And my parents were the pastors over the Christian school. And they bought me black tennis shoes. They made me break the rules. And I show up to school and I get in trouble in front of other people. I'm standing there. They're like, yep, looking good. Yep, looking good. Yep, looking good. Jared, what kind of shoes are you wearing? <laughs> It was awful. It was I was in fourth grade. Why do I even remember that? Who cares? Like, why are you hearing me, everybody? Aren't there aren't there moments in your life you can go to right now? And in reality, a lot of them, they don't even matter, but they're stuck right here. They're stuck here. Are we are we okay? Are we on the same page? (laughs) Okay, so we got to dream again. Two questions. Have you given up on experiencing the complete acceptance and approval of God over your life? Some of you, some of you, some of us, the answer would be, I'm real close. Second question. What's your response? How does your heart, how does your head begin to, to, to consider and think? When you think of being loved, forgiven, pleased, and completely accepted by Jesus. Like, what is that? What do you begin to feel? Do you even have the ability to believe this? That you could be absolutely, totally accepted and approved by Jesus? Here's God's acceptance. And this is some theology And I'm going to give you application, okay? God's acceptance, it's a belief. Many of us, we have this belief system about the acceptance and approval of God. We're totally rejected. No matter what I do, it's not good enough. I'm totally rejected. He he can't love me. I know he's God and he unconditionally loves everybody, but I'm outside of that. He can't. I've, I've done some awful things. He can't. Or maybe he can, but he chooses not to. That's even worse. Maybe he can totally approve and accept of me, but he just chooses not to. Too many people have grown up with this thought process. In fact, too many people have grown up with the second one. It's a high conditional acceptance. That he'll only accept and approve of me If I do these things, I've got to do this list of things and God will finally accept and approve of me. Maybe you're one of the lucky few that have the next one. It's still it's still wrong. I'm just going to let you know it's not helpful to you and it is not of Jesus. But some of us have this idea. It's a low conditional acceptance and it's this that God is happier with me as long as I do these specific things. These are, these are false teachings. Some of y'all, you heard this in a church. You heard this in a church. You heard this from a Christian. Well, one of the things that, that, that God help us put this to rest, if you're a Christian and you ever say this phrase, well, the reason God's not healing you is because you just lack the faith. Shut up. Shut up. That is false teaching. That is false teaching. Jesus doesn't say that. You've misinterpreted what Jesus has said about faith. Shut up. I feel bad. I just said that four times. Last week I said that everybody sucks. And this week I'm saying shut up. I'm a mean preacher. Some of y'all, you totally lost respect for me just now. Sorry. Sorry. Not really. (laughs) Anyway, uh, here's, here's, here's real theology. Let me show this to you. It's unconditional acceptance. This is what Jesus teaches. This is what Jesus preaches. This is what Jesus did on the cross. That Jesus loves and accepts me no matter what. He's crazy about you no matter what. His arms are open and accepting to you. No matter what. You can't be bad enough for him to not love you and welcome you. (laughs) And you can't be good enough to earn his love and his welcoming. This is all of him. All of it. I'm gonna prove that to you. So this is what we're dealing with. This is the big theological word. What is reconciliation? Well, it's unconditional acceptance. It's, it means this, my sin is completely resolved. Like the issue is done and over with. It's finished. Jesus said, it is finished on a cross. This is what he's meaning. Reconciliation, everybody. This is one of my favorite uh, uh, ideas about reconciliation. He balances my books and he credits to me A pricelessness. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, if you go to the bank and you say, baby, I don't don't know why you'd say that at the bank, but uh, you go to the bank and you say, "Uh, sir, uh, ma'am, I'm ready to pay off my debt. And you pay it off so you no longer have a debt on your house. Jesus doesn't pay off your debt to zero. He takes you from being absolutely, totally in debt to absolutely and totally priceless. You're not at zero, so oh, if, if I mess up and oh uh, ah, I'm you know I'm I'm in trouble now. Oh, if I if I live really good, wee, it's okay now. No, 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 no. He completely makes you priceless. How do we know that? Because Jesus is priceless and he died for you. I figured there'd be an amen or something. That's, this is good. Here's two more. I'm a friend of Jesus. I'm no longer an enemy. I'm not an enemy. I'm a friend. I can be a friend of God. And I'm an adopted son or daughter of God. <laughs> in, in the same way, if you know people who have adopted children, why'd they do that? That's not their blood. They chose that child God chose you he chose you this is good news all right here's some application everybody I will dream again when I keep my eyes on the one who has the power to free me from my approval addiction get your eyes on the one his approval is all that matters Keep your eyes fixed on him. Keep your eyes fixed on him. When you do that, you got less regret. Yeah, you know, I mean, you find freedom. Everybody, you discover your purpose. You, you, you start, the reason you wake up in the morning is to make a difference in people's lives. I mean, that's why you're doing what you're doing. Okay, keep your eyes fixed. I'll show you Hebrews twelve two and three. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of the acceptance and approval of the Father. He did not lose sight of who approves of him. He never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. It continues. And now he's there in the place of honor, sitting at the right-hand side of the Father. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over the story again. Think about what Jesus did again. Read about it again. Hear about it again. Talk to somebody about it again. Go over the story again, again, item by item. And Jesus did that to reconcile you and me. It should shoot a little bit of adrenaline in you know if you are more awake it would shoot a little bit of adrenaline into your souls it should it's phenomenal maybe write this down if you want to we overcome the fear of rejection when we seek the just take a picture of it when we seek the constant approval of god over the conditional approval of people when we seek the constant approval of god over the conditional approval of people He's not accepting and approving of your sin. He's called you out of sin. But of you, he accepts. Of you, he approves. He's crazy about you, everybody. He's crazy about you. Number two, Jesus has definitively, I will dream again when I believe that Jesus has definitively defeated my sin and completely accepts me. Man, he accepts you. He he just... I couldn't say it enough. He accepts you. He accepts you, unconditionally loves you. Look at the scripture. While we were God's enemies. (laughs) This isn't after I came and confessed my sin that God's like, "Ah, all right. I guess I'll welcome you into my presence. No, while we were God's enemies. We were reconciled to God through the death of Jesus. How much more? Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? What does that mean, saved through his life? Recognizing that you've been reconciled to God, that he says, I accept and approve. He puts his stamp of approval on you. Recognizing that ought to draw me to a life that's saved by his life. That I look and I see, I keep my eyes on him and I say, man, that's how Jesus lived. I want to live like that. I want to live like that. Hey, everybody, you want to have less fights in your relationships? Keep your eyes on Jesus. You want to cheat less? Lie less? Listen, Jesus hasn't called you to be sinless. He's called you to sin less. And the only way you can do that is just fixing your eyes on Jesus. See, when, when my eyes are fixed on Jesus, the distractions of life, I can't see them. Because my eyes are on Jesus. <laughs> for you did not receive the spirit of bondage. When Jesus died, he didn't die so he could say, Look what I did for you. I, I died for you, you loser. Now will you clean your act up? He he didn't do that. He died and smiled and said i got him i got him that's what he did i won and the father says yes we win to which we should say thank you jesus for the blood applied no Thank you, Jesus. You don't have to do that. I'm going to do it, but whatever. Okay, again to fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption, everybody. He chose you in the midst of your sin. When we base our worth on the approval of others, we're actually saying our ability to please others is of greater value than Christ's payment for our sin. Who cares what they say? What does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? He says, come on, my child, come to me. Come on, I'll wrap you up. We'll talk. We'll talk. I'm not going to put anything that's a burden on you. In fact, I'm going to carry your burdens. That's what Jesus says. you, You and I, we get so caught up in people's approval. What if you just seek the already approval of God? What, what if that's where I turn my heart? It's the best place to be. Number three, got to hurry up. I'll dream again. I say that every week, every service, don't I? I'll dream again when I know I'm irrevocably reconciled to God. This is, a, this is awesome. Let me show you scripture. Uh, the, the blank was reconciled in case you missed that. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Okay, this idea of being irrevocably reconciled takes me further than myself. Now it takes me to think about others. I need to think about others when it comes to reconciliation. So do you, right? Watch this. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. (laughs) Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who, look at how many times the Apostle Paul writes about reconciliation in these six verses. It's unreal, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. People are far away from God, and you have the opportunity to draw them near. And we ought to, because we've been reconciled. We understand, we've been chosen. Can we, everybody, can we, go ahead and choose others? Choose them. Choose them, pick them out. And begin drawing them to Jesus. Pastor, how do I do it? That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against (laughs) them. Holy mackerel. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Jesus loves you. He's not angry at you. He loves you. 20, we're therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God's making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Let me say it to you. Be reconciled to God. Accept salvation. Accept his unconditional love and salvation. Be reconciled to God. Let him allow you to know that he's made you priceless. Go ahead. Let, just receive that from Jesus. Receive that. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Accepting Jesus' work of reconciliation develops his love within us to love those who, like us, don't deserve to be loved. Can I get an amen? Listen, there are people around you, you don't like them. And guess what? They don't like you. But we've been called to reconcile. To reconcile. Last one. Number four, Jesus reconciled me. Therefore, I'm fully pleasing and totally accepted by God. I'm dreaming again because Jesus reconciled me. Therefore, I'm fully pleasing and totally accepted by God. I'll prove this to you with one scripture. Can can I prove this to you, everybody? The answer is yes. Yes. Love is patient and kind. It doesn't envy or boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Love never fails. Uh, I will use this, and I'm going to continue to use this, in messages or sermons or weddings, whatever, that this is how we ought to love one another. But the truth is, We fail at this. Do you know who's never failed at this? The one that the Bible calls love. That God is love. Can you place your name here? Jared is patient. Not always. Lord help me. Jared is kind. Not this morning. I've been rude. Jared doesn't envy. That's not, like where can you put yourself? But you know who you can put here is Jesus. And if you can put Jesus here, then you can believe he has the power to reconcile you. He has the power and the want to, to approve and accept you. Stop stiff-arming. Stop pushing away. (laughs) Just accept it. Last slide, and I'm praying. Depending on others for value brings bondage. Brings bondage. Some of y'all, you grew up in homes where mom and dad did not build a good identity in you. They did not build value in you. They did not show you that you were worth something. But Jesus chose you. That's where your value comes from, I'm telling you. He's crazy, but you might be married to someone that just diminishes your value and your worth and your identity. Jesus would never, ever say that of you. He will never treat you in that way. He will never treat you in that way. He'll never think of you in that way. You, you, he chose you. And today is a perfect day to choose him. To choose him while abiding in the truths of Christ's love and acceptance, brings freedom and joy. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let's ask Jesus. Jesus, what would you say to me in that message? Have you been an approval addict, everybody? You're basing your value, your worth on on what an ex said. You're basing your value and worth on what a a former pastor of yours said, what a step-parent said, what your actual parent, what a sibling said to you, someone that you thought was a friend, a principal, a counselor even. Someone spoke something to you and it landed, it stuck and it has been eating you alive, today is the day that we release that into the hands of Jesus and we receive his acceptance and approval. He accepts you. He approves of you. He unconditionally loves you. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for who you are. You're so good. Your mercies endure forever great is the faithfulness of my god you never leave us or forsake us you never turn your back on us your arms are wide open receiving us and you don't just wait for us to turn to you you this morning have been knocking on the door of our hearts saying Come on, let me come in and be with you and dine with you. Let me show you how to do it. I'll show you the unforced rhythms of grace. You can rest in Jesus because he chose you. Jesus, we confess and believe and we thank you for who you are in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said, Amen. And amen. Come on, thank him for his love today. He's so good. Stand with me, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on Spotify for part two of Dream Again. Make sure you're following us so you can get notifications every time we upload a new episode. We'll see you next week for part three. Have a great week.